Well, good morning, Calvary. Whether you're in Souderton, in Quakertown, or joining us online, it's great to have you with us this morning. If you don't know me, my name is Logan. I'm a part of our kids team here at our Souderton campus, but I'm excited to be with you all this morning. And this entire month, we've been unboxing what the real meaning of Christmas is. We've been unboxing Christmas. And we did that in several different ways over the month of December, and we hope you were able to join us for some of those. We started off with Jingle Jam, looking at Christmas through the eyes of kids. We had our Simply Christmas services where we sang carols and we read the Christmas story. Uh, We hope you could join us at our Christmas Eve services as well at one of them where Charles unboxed what the meaning of Christmas is and that amazing gift of Jesus that God sent to us that we just celebrated. And I don't know if if this Christmas you've ever unboxed something that you really appreciated or enjoyed or have a very fond memory of. Maybe you just have one Christmas where you have a gift that you just love that stands out. Or maybe you have a favorite ornament that you love pulling out of a box and, and kind of talking about the significance of it to your family. When I was younger, I loved to play with Hot Wheels cars. Uh, I don't know if they're around anymore, but that was something I liked to do when I was a kid. And I I remember one Christmas, I got a big Hot Wheels track and it had little like town things that you could set up and you just race the cars all through. And it was awesome. And when I opened it, I'm sure I was freaking out. That's one of my favorite things is just watching kids open presents on Christmas because they just go nuts. And it's really cool also to see the joy on, you know, the people's faces who gave it to them as well. And I'm sure in that moment when I opened up my big Hot Wheels track, my dad was really happy. And then my dad had a moment of great clarity when he looked a little closer on the box and it had those dreaded words, assembly required. And I hear by some of your laughter that some of you might have some similar experiences. And so for the next three or four hours, my dad sat on the floor putting every sticker on every piece of track together. Uh, So his joy was kind of taken away in those moments. We all survived. We have a good relationship now. It's okay. Um, But when we unbox things for Christmas, the reason I share that story, when we unbox something, we don't just leave it there. Something has to happen once everything gets taken out of the box. And sometimes it's hard to know what that something is when whatever we take out of the box comes out in an unexpected way. So several of you have your own assembly required stories of gifts, or maybe you opened a gift, whether it was at this Christmas or another one, and that just kind of made you say, oh wow, you shouldn't have. And, and I really mean that you shouldn't have. And that gift got returned or exchanged. Or maybe you were thought all your decorations were put nice and neatly back in the box from the last year. So you could just pull them out this year and do the same thing. And you went to open your box and none of the ornaments were in the right boxes and you're out of hooks. And, and oh, they we're missing half of our decorations. And maybe you went scrambling through the attic to find them all. Or maybe it was a little strange to have 50 degrees and sunny weather on this Christmas as opposed to the cold that we're used to. I spent this Christmas with my fiance's family and they live in Florida. So we had 70 degree weather, which was very unexpected, but I'd say that falls in the the pleasant surprise category. But things don't always come out of the box in the way we expect them to. And we do hope that you were able to join us at some point this Christmas season and that 
you were able to, to just be with us as we unboxed that meaning of Christmas and we talked about Jesus and the amazing gift that has been sent to us. And Jesus is here and he is out of the box and he is with us. And just like any other gift, we can't just leave it there. Now that the gift of Jesus is out of the box, what are we going to do? So I think this story that is from Jesus' adult life might help us answer that question. And I think it's going to help us see how the gift of Jesus doesn't always come out of the box in the way that we expect it to. And I want you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 19. This is a story that the kids around you might be familiar with. Uh, by the way, if you're sitting around some kids after the service, be sure to give them a big high five. Say, we're so glad that you're here with us in a part of Calvary Church. We intentionally do not have kids programming on this Sunday, but we'll resume our normal kids activities next Sunday. And if you're a kid here in Souderton, so excited to see you guys again next week. And I saw some of you in the atrium. Whether you're a kid or an adult, this story in Luke chapter 19, I think it's going to really help us to, to see how this gift of Jesus come out of the box in unexpected ways. If you have your Bible with you, turn there. If you don't have a Bible, there's one in the seat rack in front of you. You can grab that. And if you don't own a Bible, please take that home. We believe that the Bible is full of life-changing truth. And if you do not own a Bible, that is our gift to you. If you're in Quakertown, uh, you can ask someone there because you guys don't have seat racks how to get a Bible. You can also download the YouVersion app on your smartphone, tablet, whatever smart device you have. Or if you're just feeling comfortable or lazy, we'll put it on the screen for you. We got you. But, <laughs> but we will be in Luke chapter 19. And we're going to break this up. I'm going to kind of introduce the story, take a look at the background to see why this is significant see what the result of that was and see what Jesus' response was at the end of it. So we're going to split this up into three or four parts. So we'll start in verse one and go through verse four for this first part of the story. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and he was wealthy. And he wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. So I think it's important to look at where Jesus was and who he was interacting with in this story. So Jericho is a rich city. It's on a main route. It's a resort town. It's kind of like that day's version of, of Las Vegas to kind of give you a picture and it's significant that Jesus is going through here because he is on his way to Jerusalem to die on the cross. He's going to pass through Jericho. He's going to continue on. And when he goes to Jerusalem, that is the week that he will give his life on the cross. And it's also important to note where Jesus was coming from. Jesus was coming from Samaria, which was north of Jerusalem. But if you look on a map, Jericho back in that day was east of Jerusalem. So Jesus goes out of his way, does not go on the straight route, takes a detour to go through Jericho. And that's important to note because he goes out of his way to see Zacchaeus, even though Zacchaeus doesn't know it yet. And Zacchaeus is significant. And, and as I was reading and preparing for this, I found out that Zacchaeus' name actually means pure or innocent, which is incredibly ironic because Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector. Back in those days, 
tax collectors, they collected the tax, obviously, for the Roman Empire. And then they made their living by charging whatever they wanted on top of that tax. So tax collectors were viewed as liars. They were viewed as thieves. They were viewed as cheaters. And in Jericho, when Jewish men became tax collectors, they were viewed as sellouts to the Roman Empire. So they were especially despised. And being a chief tax collector, Zacchaeus is in charge of a larger group of tax collectors. So he is viewed as especially a liar, especially a big thief, and especially a big cheater. And he is especially despised and viewed as an especially large sellout by his people. So imagine calling someone who is viewed as a liar, as a cheat, as a thief, as a sellout, pure or innocent. And we're never told why Zacchaeus is trying to see Jesus. Maybe he was just curious, wanted to see what all the the commotion was all about. Maybe he heard how Jesus had treated other tax collectors in his travels. Maybe he knew deep down something was missing in his life and he was looking for it. But whatever the case was, whatever the reason was that Zacchaeus climbed in that tree, I don't know if anyone, including Zacchaeus, expected this next part to happen. So we continue on with our story in verse five. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and he welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. So all we're told in the earlier section is that Zacchaeus just wants to see Jesus. But Jesus says, Zacchaeus, I must stay at your house today. And Jesus invites Zacchaeus to begin a relationship. He invites himself into Zacchaeus' life. Zacchaeus could have stayed in the tree. Zacchaeus could have said, not today, I'm good. I I got what I wanted here. But Zacchaeus goes beyond getting just a glimpse of Jesus. He meets Jesus face to face. He reciprocates Jesus' offer. He welcomes him gladly. And here we see the gift of Jesus out of the box in action in his interaction with Zacchaeus. And remember what we just said about tax collectors. People would not have expected Jesus to spend someone, spend time with someone that they labeled as a sinner. And Jesus is already a pretty notorious person as is, you know, maybe for more noble reasons than Zacchaeus. But Zacchaeus is also very notorious, very infamous, and their meaning created quite a stir. There was a lot of buzz. There was a lot of side conversations. And I found out that the word, the original word for muttering, the original verb in the original language, is actually similar to the verb that is used to describe the Israelites when they were in the desert in the Old Testament. And I find that really interesting because both the Israelites in their situation 
And the crowd in Jericho now are too focused on their own circumstances to see the bigger picture of what God is doing around them. And I hope they didn't, but the people in the crowd here in Jericho might have missed this very important part, which happens next. And we see what Zacchaeus' response is in verse 8. Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. So Zacchaeus' declaration is that he aims to make right the wrongs that he had done. And I think it's really interesting that the law only required a certain amount. So the Jewish law only required to pay back one-fifth on top of whatever was stolen. So for example, make this hopefully super easy. If I stole a dollar from you, and I, I'm not going to do that, I promise. But if I stole a dollar from you and I got caught, I would have to pay you under the Jewish law that dollar back plus an additional 20 cents. So Zacchaeus, by saying, if I had cheated someone out of money, I'm going to pay them back four times the amount. He is going above and beyond what the law requires. I actually talked with someone in between services who is much better at math than I am. And he said what Zacchaeus paid back, what he offered to pay back was about 19 times what the law required. That is going above and beyond. Spending time with Jesus broke the hold that riches had on Zacchaeus. And because of his new relationship with Jesus, Zacchaeus becomes a generous man. And when I read this story, I found it really interesting that we don't ever find out what exactly the conversation was between Jesus and Zacchaeus. But I can only imagine there were a few uncomfortable moments in that conversation. What do a Jewish carpenter from Nazareth and from a blue-collar town and a tax collector who works for the Roman Empire from Jericho have in common? Maybe not a lot. And you know, I don't know if even the author of the Gospel of Luke knew what the conversation was. He may have, he may not have. But I just wonder, if he did, was the conversation intentionally left out of this story so we can focus on what Zacchaeus did with the gift of Jesus once it was out of the box? You see, Zacchaeus, he was not listening for something. He was looking for something. And he found it through Jesus showing up in his life. And Zacchaeus makes this declaration and we wrap up our story with verses 9 and 10 by seeing Jesus' response. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Something I read said that verse 10 is the key verse and the entire gospel of Luke. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. 
Jesus offers salvation to Zacchaeus, a man who is very, very lost according to his peers. Someone who's that crowd certainly said, yes, this guy is lost. But salvation has come to Zacchaeus, not because of anything that Zacchaeus did. I want to make that really clear. Zacchaeus did not receive salvation because he made this extremely generous offer. But salvation has, become, salvation has come to Zacchaeus because of the grace of God that is offered to him and the grace that Jesus shows him through their interaction. And because of the life change that happens in Zacchaeus, he wants to make his wrong right. And here we see a story of God's greatest gift out of the box in action. Jesus goes out of his way to spend meaningful time with Zacchaeus. And he demonstrates how he's available to everyone, even a chief tax collector from Jericho. And through his interactions with Zacchaeus, Jesus shows all of us that we as people, we don't always listen for something, but we're all looking for something. People are not listening for something. People are looking for something. So we have the story of Zacchaeus and we have this gift of Jesus and we see how this gift is out of the box and we've seen that once the gift's out, we can't do nothing with it. We have to do something with it. So what do we do? I kind of think it's helpful to look at three different characters from the story. And looking at Zacchaeus first and foremost, and I don't know if, if you kind of feel like Zacchaeus or, or maybe you feel like you have to do way more than climb a sycamore fig tree to see God. I want to let you know that the gift of Jesus, it's out of the box. It's available to you too. And that with today's you know, advancements in technology, a short detour to Jericho might not seem like a great distance. But Jesus wants to meet you and he's willing to go out of his way to meet you where you're at. No assembly required. So if you want, you can take that next step with this gift today and you can follow the greater plan that Jesus has for your life. Well, what about the crowd? And I know the crowd's not really one character, but... Maybe you feel like I'm, I'm looking around right now and I'm trying to find this work that God's doing in the world. I'm trying to find this gift in action. The story of Zacchaeus, it's a wonderful reminder that the gift of Jesus, it's not dependent on what we do. It's not a result of anything that we've done because ultimately we all fall into this lost category. I'm no better than Zacchaeus. I fall into the lost category. And yet Jesus still goes out of his way to find me and meet me where I'm at and be with me. And he does the same for each of you too. And I also think maybe if you feel like you're more in the crowd trying to find where, where God's at work, I think it's helpful to look at Zacchaeus' response and how he responds to Jesus compared to maybe how we respond to some things. Because Zacchaeus responds very humbly and admits that he's done wrong. He does not deny that he's a sinner. 
And I think there's times where we as people, we tend to put up a front and, and pretend like we have everything together in our lives. And we don't always think that humility is going to be something that others admire. But I think a really easy way to show others about the gift of Jesus is by humbly asking for forgiveness and offering it to make it right when we've done something wrong to someone else. And none of us can be Jesus as the last character in the story. But I think it's helpful to ask, how can each of us look to continue what he started? Which is what we look to do here at Calvary, is continue what Jesus started. And I think a good question to ask is, am I willing to risk a moment or two of discomfort to build relationships with those who don't know Christ? Am I willing to risk a moment or two of discomfort for people who think a little differently than I do? or act a little differently than I do, or, or maybe root for different sports teams, or have different hobbies, or, or maybe even have slightly different political opinions? Am I willing to risk a moment or two of discomfort to build relationships with other people in my life who maybe don't know Christ? And I don't know what this looks like for you in the year of 2020. I'm not even sure if I know what this looks like for me yet. I think I'm still in the process of trying to figure that out. But just to give you a couple options, maybe God's calling you to enter the lives of a small group of kids or teenagers in the year 2020. Maybe God is calling you to invest in bridge ministry and get to know some of the amazing families and amazing people that are a part of that ministry and build relationships with families there. Maybe it's just as simple as opening your home up to a group of young adults who are desperately looking to connect with each other and to learn some wisdom that you have. Or maybe it's not in these walls here at Calvary. Maybe it's out in the community. Maybe it's getting involved with your local parent-teacher organization at your local school. Or maybe it's getting involved in a community sports or a community arts program and giving some time there. Or maybe it's up with uh, Freefall, uh, the skate park up in Quakertown, and the amazing work that's going on there. Or maybe it's just as simple as getting to know your next door neighbors, who again may not do all the same things that you do, who might come from different areas or, or have different life experiences. But maybe it's just as simple as opening up your lives to the people who are immediately next to you. And many of you might be invested in one of these areas. You might be pouring into a small group or out in the community doing something. And that's great and that's amazing. And we want you to continue to do that, obviously. And maybe there's an opportunity for you there to take another step forward in getting to know someone. But no matter what stage you're in, are you willing to risk a few potential small moments of discomfort in order to get to know others who are in your lives. Because people are not listening for something. People are looking for something. And before people hear the words that are said on the stage, and that's not to knock anyone who stands up here, I've had the uh, amazing privilege of getting to learn from some incredible communicators who have been up here, who have shared from God's word. And that's not to knock uh, any other, you know, pastor or anything who 
preaches on Sunday, but before people hear the words who are said here or anywhere else, they will see Jesus through people who are willing to spend time with them and who are willing to care for them and who are willing to love them. So I mentioned that I had the opportunity to spend Christmas with my fiance's family, and they live in Florida, and uh, there's my future in-laws down there, and it was a great time. We had an amazing week, um, and my fiance has uh, three brothers and sisters, so it's a pretty full house as is, but uh, her parents have an incredibly cool tradition where they just open up their home on Christmas Day, and, and if someone just can't go home for the holidays for whatever reason, or is just looking for a place to eat, they can come over. So we had uh, Becky's brother's uh, uh, girlfriend's parents came over, and one of their roommates came over, and so we just had a full house. It was a great time, wasn't a dull moment, played lots of games, had lots of fun, ate lots of yummy food. And just through that simple act, we were sitting around the, the dinner table at night and we were just kind of chatting and reflecting on the past year. And, and uh, Becky, my fiance's mom, just started sharing about some things that were on her heart. And just through that opportunity of, of opening up their home and welcoming people in, she had the opportunity to just share Jesus and, and tell everyone about the amazing gift that we just celebrated at Christmas. Just something as simple as that can make a world of difference in people's lives. The gift of Jesus, it's out of the box. It's gonna show up in our lives in unexpected ways, but it's gonna show up and it's gonna show up in huge ways. And we're all out there looking for something and we can find it, what we're looking for in Jesus. And for Zacchaeus, this gift, it turned his life around. What are we going to do with this gift now that we see it and we know it's out of the box. Let's stand and pray. Lord, we thank you so much for the gift of your son. Thank you that you just love us so much and, and this gift is given to us because we don't deserve it. We don't. And it's not because of anything that we've done to earn it that it's given to us, but it's because of your love for us. Lord, we pray that you would open our eyes to those who are around us who you want us to build relationships with, for who you want us to get to know, for who you want us to get to know with no strings attached for us or for them. You just want us to, to know and love as friends. And we pray that, that you would just give us the courage and, and the time and the energy to step forward into these opportunities to get to know our neighbors and our community around us. Make this clear to us what we go through as we look ahead to 2020. And as we head into 2020, get ready to jump in a new year. Please help us to not lose sight of the gift that we just celebrated at Christmas. Just help us to remember that gift of your son. Amen.